you today, Lord. Lord, we do pray that the flame of our heart will always be lit. Lord, we pray we get back to our first love, relationship with you. Jesus, we thank you for your word and I pray over these next few moments, Lord, that we lay aside any distraction and that your word would speak to us today. Encourage and challenge us, Lord God, and help us to rise up as your church, become all you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. You look great. It's great to have you in church this morning. Well, yesterday, on a fairly hot day, Chris Burns completed his ride of 180 kilometers. I actually believe it was 184 kilometers yesterday to raise funds for 180 TC. And there was a number of people that I believe rode with uh, Chris throughout the day as well. We've got some pictures which we're going to put up onto the screen. And so I'm not sure whether you drove 184 kilometers in your car yesterday, but uh, while ever you were doing whatever you were doing, here was Chris out riding around and there was a number of people that rode around with him as he did the river circuit and 184 kilometers. And uh, so thankful for everybody that came out and was part of that. Amazing. And I believe that uh, Chris was telling me this morning he's almost raised up to just under $13,000 has been raised towards 180TC and that incredible drug and alcohol rehabilitation program. And so I just thought it was a phenomenal effort and great to be able to highlight the incredible work that uh, he, he's doing. I know Megan and Ken have been part of that incredible ministry for so many years. I think, I'm pretty sure Ken did some laps yesterday as well. Is that right? Oh, Megan, you did. Fantastic. You did some laps as well. And, uh, and there's a bunch of different people that did, which I just think is phenomenal. And so I just love our heart as a church towards 180TC and that people have just contributed to that. And maybe you didn't do a 184-kilometer ride, but maybe you just contributed financially. And so I want to say thank you to you and well done on what we collectively are able to do together as we see this incredible ministry move forward. Well, right now, I want to speak this morning a message entitled, Unlimited Refills. Unlimited refills. Do you remember as a kid going to either Pizza Hut or Sizzler before it started to decline and now Sizzler is actually going to be, uh, from what I'm hearing, shutting down completely, which is a a modern day tragedy. Everyone loves that cheesy bread that you are able to get at Sizzler as well. But I remember as a kid being able to go to these places and not only could you just eat all that your heart desired, But there was the drink refill machine that was there. And you could have as much fizzy drink as possible. In fact, you had multiple glasses of it. You had different glasses at the same time. And you could just fill it with Coke and Fanta as the despair you would see in your parents' eyes. As you would just fill it with sugar and see your teeth decay over that period of time that you were there. You had an hour or an hour and a half to drink as much as you could. And as a kid, it was the greatest thing ever, unlimited refills. And I guess I want to compare it this morning to the grace of God. We have unlimited refills to the grace of God in our lives. His grace covers us. It pours into our lives. It immerses us. We receive His grace and it transforms and changes our life. 
And I want to be the kind of person where I'm allowing the grace of God just to continually refill me. Obviously, when we receive salvation, we receive God's grace. We are forgiven of our sins. And in that moment, a transformation takes place. But we have the daily decision to wake up and understand that His mercies are new every morning. That His grace and His favor is upon your life. And even when you feel dry and empty, you can go to Him and be refueled again. Be refilled again by His grace that immerses our life. That it starts to drip off our life. You know, the Apostle Paul is an incredible, incredible reminder of the grace of God. This, this, this person that was once uh, against the church, was once persecuting the church and seeing people that were, were beaten and put in prison and had the authority to be able to do that and oversaw many Christians being put into prison and being beaten and whipped because of their faith. And this incredible moment happened where he encountered Jesus and God's grace transformed his life forever. Now, we, we know Paul mainly because he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We know him because of this. he was this incredible leader that planted churches and raised up other leaders. And we know the incredible stories of Paul's life, even through persecution and pain that he went through, he continued to push forward as an apostle and seeing the church move forward. And we know this incredible story of his life, but it was the transforming grace of Jesus that made the difference, that changed his life from living one way to turning and living a completely different story. And I don't know about you, but I want that kind of grace refilling my life, making sure that I'm living the life that I'm called to live. See, many of us live lives like this, this cup here. We, we are saved, we've received our salvation. But we can live on empty. We can live with an empty spirit, an empty soul. We can live just trying to survive week to week. And although we have salvation and we have access to heaven, we aren't living full. We aren't allowing the grace of Jesus to refill our lives, to allow it to overflow and just to be strong in our lives. But we're actually can be finding ourselves living on empty. Not, not spending time in the Word and the promises of God that fill our lives, not spending time praying, not spending time worshiping God and, and allowing Him just to fill our life and just giving Him space in our life to refill us. Because I don't know about you, but this world can deplete us very quickly. And I think it's a big difference that we're called to live full in an empty world. And I think for all of us, we have the challenge to say, God, I want to come to you regularly and not just make a decision for salvation, but I want to follow you daily. I want to allow you to fill my life and I don't want to live empty. See, if I had this empty cup and I try to spray it out onto you this morning, it's not going to do very much because it's empty. And we can find ourselves as Christians going out into this world and we're trying, to, we're trying to make sure the grace of God is spread out around us, but there's nothing in us because we're empty. Whereas, if I was to grab this cup here, and, I, and I'm sorry, sound team, I'll do my best not to wreck the speakers on the stage. But if I was to try and take this cup anywhere that is full, What's happening is it's, it's starting to drip. And wherever this cup goes, it starts to drip. And I want the kind of life where the grace of Jesus has filled me to overflowing. Where wherever I go, there's a drip. It's starting to overflow when I go into my community, in the university or school or wherever I go. It just starts to overflow. 
That's the kind of life that God has desired us to live, an overflowing life, a life that is full. Now, if I was to start to throw this out, which I won't do it because I do like you, if I was to do that, then you would be soaked. You would be wet. This water would be all over you. And I guess for us, we want to be the kind of Christians that are allowing the grace of God to spill out of our lives, for it to overflow, for it to wet people. There was a bit on my hand there. For it to wet people this morning, to make sure that we get out into our community and help people experience the grace of Jesus Christ, because it's not just for us. We had this good news message to be able to spread to the world. And I want God's grace to come into my life and, and work through my life and touch other people. I love in uh, John, John 1 verse 16, it says this, Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Grace in place of grace that just overflows in our life. So we want to, in a depleted world, we want to be full of God, full of His grace. Ephesians 1 verse 23 says it this way, And the church is His body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with Himself. Are you full this morning? So you can be tired and you can be full. You can be stretched and you can be full. You can be challenged and still be full. That's the beauty of the grace of God, that as we are connected to Christ, as our roots go deep in Him, it doesn't matter what season is happening on the surface because our life source comes from Him. Our connection, our life, our, our hope, our grace, it all flows from our relationship with Him. If we stay connected with Him, we start to overflow with His grace in our life. John 10.10, Jesus speaking, He said this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The abundant life, the Zoe life, the overflowing life that He's called us all to have. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, why don't you come with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. And I want to speak out of this passage this morning, which is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. This man that has been radically impacted by the grace of God. He's been immersed in that transforming grace, that enabling grace that has changed his life. And he's now starting to speak about what a life looks like that is immersed in God's grace. And so let's have a look at it this morning. Ephesians 3, verse 7. He says this, By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading the good news. What a privilege we all have. Though I am the least deserving of all of God's people, He graciously gives me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was His eternal plan, which He carried out through Christ 
our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honoured. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with the inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is His love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. With all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Would you like that kind of life this morning? Would you like to be that kind of person that has the fullness and power of God operating and working through your life? We all have access to it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus working in and through our lives. And so I want to speak this morning about five signs of a life immersed in God's grace. And the first one's this, number one, you are faithful. It says in Ephesians 3 verse 12, because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. It's our faith in Him. See, making a decision to follow Jesus is a decision we make in a moment. But following Him is what requires our faithfulness. We make a decision to have faith, firstly, but then it's the faithfulness every day to keep serving Jesus. And faithfulness is repetition over time. Faithfulness is staying in Christ, staying connected, continuing to pursue Him. So you think about any person that has achieved at a high level in any field, there's been a faithfulness in their preparation that's helped them to be able to achieve. Think about an athlete, perhaps somebody that's training to be at the Olympics or a, a football player or somebody that operates at a high level. They are training, they're having the right supplements, they're having the right diet, they're getting up early while we're sleeping, they're training, they're developing their body, they're making sure that they're faithful in all of the preparation, that day in, day out, the repetition is there as they continue over and over again to continue to train themselves to develop in that area. Think about a, a movie star, somebody that operates an incredible actor at that space and at that level. They are continually training, perhaps in obscurity, when, when nobody else sees them. They're in front of a mirror, practicing their lines, rehearsing it, doing all of these things. Before they get onto the big stage or before they hit Hollywood, there's all of this faithfulness of preparation and training that they continue to go through. Think about a singer, famous singer that fills stadiums and they pack out these stadiums. Well, it didn't start there. It started with them practicing the notes, continuing to sing and continuing to, to develop their gift so that they can be ready to perform in those moments. The beauty of this is that oftentimes this faithfulness is happening in, in obscurity. 
It's happening where nobody else can see, but it's that faithfulness in those seasons that propel them to the stadiums, that propel them to the stages, that propel those soundtracks to go out for all the world to listen to because of their faithfulness. And may I suggest to you this morning that it's our faithfulness with God as our continuing to stay rooted and grounded in Christ, to be faithful with Him each and every day that gives us strength. And what does it say here? Boldness. It says that as we have our faith in Him, we can come to Him boldly and confidently. Why do you think people get up on these stages and sing so boldly and confidently? It's because of all the faithfulness of singing when no one was there. These incredible uh, sporting players, they can get up and they can boldly go for the ball, boldly and confidently to do moves that seem impossible to us. But they've practiced it day in, day out, in the faithful moments. And I, I want to encourage you this morning, it's the same with our relationship with God. Let's remain faithful to Him. Let's allow His grace as we're immersed in His grace. What it does is it propels us to be faithful. As we keep going to Him each day, as we open up the Word of God and we, we read it, as we pray, as we worship God, as we spend time in His presence, it's amazing how it immerses our life and what starts to take place, faithfulness. Day in, day out, in the moments nobody sees, we just continue to remain faithful. God's grace leads us to faithfulness in Him. Think about David, story of King David. Before he could take on Goliath, it was the lion and the bear. It was those preparation moments, those moments where he was faithful to tend to his father's sheep and to protect and look after them that it was really forged in him the ability to become king was really forged in him the ability to take down Goliath. And may I suggest to you this morning that maybe there's Goliaths ahead for you, but as you take down the the lion and the bear, as you're faithful in those little moments, it's preparing you for what is ahead. Keep your faith in him. Let's be a faithful people. The second thing this morning is thankful. It says in Ephesians 3, going back to the key scripture, so please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Listen to this. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. See, Paul, he was living the comfortable life. He was the person that had this incredible authority. He was well-educated in his society and culture. He was somebody that had great esteem in his community. But yet he encountered Jesus radically and the call of God on his life actually meant that all of those things were taken away. He was now being persecuted because of his faith himself. He was now being oppressed because of this. The the easy life that he once had had been completely flipped on him. Now he had every reason to complain because serving God was hard. Serving God was difficult. But what did he do in this moment? As he's writing this, he's in prison. As he's right in the church at Ephesus, he's in chains. But what was he doing? He was being thankful. He was praying. I love that. I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. You can almost hear his spirit sing as he's saying, I'm going to lift up God above all of this. I'm going to praise him. And I think when we really receive the grace of God, we allow God's grace to fill our lives. 
Thankfulness just starts to propel out of us. Praise just comes out of our life. And when we praise God, it brings a different perspective. It starts to alter and change things. On Friday night, I went for a a motorbike ride with some friends. And we made our way up the mountains. And uh, as we made our way up the mountains, it it evidently, apparently it started to storm in the lower mountains. And it was raining and lightning and storm and thunderstorms were kind of ripping through and it it was really crazy lower mountains. Uh, But we made our way up towards Blackheath and we kind of missed it all. And so we're up at Blackheath, we're up at uh, uh, Govett's Leap uh, at Blackheath and I've got a picture of it here. And this is the view that we were encountering up at uh, Govett's Leap. And it was just beautiful at Blackheath. We're looking out across that and it was amazing. We rode around Blackheath and we're just enjoying the beautiful weather up there. It was warm and there was no rain. There was no thunderstorms. There was no sight of it. It was fantastic. And we start getting calls from our wives saying, what are you doing? It's storming. It's crazy down here. It's raining. You guys need to come home. And we're like looking out at this beautiful view saying, no, it's beautiful up here. We don't want to go back down there. So we're riding along, enjoying it. We stop for an ice cream. We're just relaxing up the upper mountains. And we start, sure enough, we start to make our way back down and we hit that wet weather. That water that's coming off on the road onto you and, and you feel the wetness and you can see the effects of the storms that have taken place. And it really reminded me of what thankfulness does. It just lifts you higher above. Although there's storms and things going on, you can just find yourself as you're just thankful. As you just praise God, it just lifts you above. You start to look at things differently. You get a different perspective. You allow the grace of God to lift you. And all you can do is just be thankful to God. Praise and worship Him for His goodness in your life. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, I've noticed in my life, when I stop being thankful, that I can really easily become critical. I can look at things, I can look at people, I can look at situations and I can find the critical things. I have to actually manually activate thankfulness. Remind myself again, you know, and as a Christian, we have so much content to be thankful for. We have so much to thank God for. Think about the cross alone and how that's transformed our lives. Given us a hope beyond this world, that's what we can be thankful for. The grace of God, it causes us to be thankful. Number three, helpful. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. So you are empowered by God with gifts and ability. God has graced you. And here's the truth of it. Those gifts and abilities, those graces on your life, they're actually not about you. They're about helping other people. Your gift is not for you. It's for others. And as we share it, as we give it, as we sow it to those that are around us, we start to become helpful. Because we're not just empowered for us, we're empowered for others. Have you ever been into a store where somebody has paid, positioned to be there to help you, but all they do is ignore you? And you're trying to get help and you're like, hey, you're paid to be here. You've been trained to be here. You've been positioned here to help me, but you're distracted with other things and I'm trying to get help from you and you're not giving it to me. And I hope for us as Christians that 
whenever accused of that, when our world is crying out for help, it's crying out for answers, it's lost, it's hurting, it's broken. Say, what's this life about in the search for truth? I hope for all of us as believers, as the church, that we're there to help. We're there to guide people to Jesus, that we're going to be helpful, that our, our gifts and our abilities are there to help people. And the beauty of church is we all have different gifts and abilities and talents. And it's not just one person. We've all got different things that we can add. Imagine if the only gift we had was the gift of preaching. And you came into church, forget about the welcome team. Forget about the pastoral team, the people care team. Forget about the music team. Forget about the coffee team. Oh my goodness, church without coffee. That would be disastrous. Forget about any of the host team or the property team or any of those people. Forget about that. Imagine if you just came to church and the only thing you got was an hour of me preaching. That's all we did. We didn't love you, care about you, didn't do anything else, won't give you coffee. We just preach for an hour and go home. I don't know how long it would be before the church wouldn't exist any longer. And I think that's the beauty of the church is we've all got a part to play. We've all got gifts and abilities that we contribute. It's not one or the other. We can all play a part. And the beauty of it all is that it's the body of Christ contributing and building itself up and building each other up as we all play our part. God has graced you to be helpful. God has given you all that you need so that you continue to be helpful and do all that God's called you to do. Number four, fruitful. It says, Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. See, fruitfulness doesn't start with activity. It starts with intimacy. And if you want to be a fruitful person for God, then you've got to be rooted and grounded in Christ. It's in our relationship with Him that we find purpose. It's in our relationship with Him that the fruits of the Spirit just naturally start to happen. An orange is not stressing about being an orange. It just stays connected to the orange tree and it just naturally produces. It just naturally happens. It's the same for us in our relationship with Jesus as we stay connected with Him. Fruitfulness, the gifts of the Spirit, they just overflow out of our life as a natural result. Remain in Him and I in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me, Jesus said. Just stay connected to him. And finally this morning, cheerful. It says in Ephesians 3 verse 18, And may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. See, when you're reminded how loved you are by God, you can't help but be cheerful. You can't help but allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. It starts to invade your life. You get up every morning and you're reminded, even in your failures and your frailty, how much God still loves you, how much God has got a purpose for your life and loves you so much. His grace is overflowing on you. You get up and you just feel confident. You walk into your day knowing God is with me. 
It brings a smile to your face. Joy just starts to overflow as we just are reminded God's joy, God's love surrounds my life. The foundation of my life is the fact that God loves me for God so loved the world. And it has changed the story of our life. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Scripture says. Let's never forget that. So this morning, signs of a life immersed in God's grace, faithfulness, thankfulness, helpfulness, fruitfulness, cheerfulness. John 1 verse 16, out of His fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Lord, I thank You this morning for every person under the sound of my voice. But I thank you that your grace has poured out on us. And even when we feel empty and dry, Lord, we can come to you and receive your grace again. You can refill us again, Lord God. There is no limit to your grace filling our lives. And I pray that this morning the condemnation would fall off us as grace fills us again. Lord God, I pray that where we're dry, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us again, Lord God. I pray that living water, as Jesus described, would overflow in our life, that our spirit would be fresh and overflowing that wherever we go, that Your grace would just drip out of us, Lord God. It would just pour out of us, Lord God, in our universities and schools and workplaces and families, Lord God, that Your grace would spill out of us. Let us live a life that is full and overflowing of Your grace, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now this morning, I want to give people an opportunity to experience this grace. This relationship with Jesus, with every eye closed and head bowed for a moment. If you don't know Jesus, or perhaps you've known Him, but it's, it's been a time since you've connected with Him. And sometimes we make many decisions to follow Jesus, and it's those, those commitments. But I, I want to talk this morning about not just making a decision today, but saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus every day. I want to make this decision now, but I want to make this commitment that I'll continue to follow Jesus. And Allow His grace to fill my life. Allow the hope of Jesus to change the story of my life. So with everyone's eyes closed and head, heads bowed this morning, if that's you and you say, you know what, I need, to, I need to get this connection right. I need to make this decision to follow Jesus again. I need to connect with Him. I want you to lift up your hands in this place. It's just a, between you and I, and there's going to be no awkwardness. I'm not going to call you out, but I just want you to make that decision between you and God this morning. Say, yeah, Jesus, I need to connect again. I need to make sure my relationship with you is right again. I want to make sure that I'm connected with the source, that His grace that has no limits will fill my life again. Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's see that here. I want to make that decision this morning to refill, to be connected with Him. Fantastic. Let's see. That's what I want to do. I want to pray a simple prayer. And a prayer of commitment saying, God, I, I don't want to just live average. But God, I want to live in, in relationship and connection with you. So as I pray this prayer this morning, I want you to repeat it after me. We're going to pray it together as a church. Let's commit ourselves to God and receiving the fullness of God in our lives. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. Fill my life. I give you every part of me. For my sins and mistakes, I'm sorry. 
I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. I receive your grace. Help me to live each day for you and to serve you only. Following you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray for all of us that have made that decision and commitment this morning. I pray, Lord God, that it won't just be a decision, but it will be a commitment. That each day we'll follow you. Allow your grace to continue to fill us, Lord, as we stay in communion and relationship with you. That you will just continue to fill our life. Bring joy and grace and hope. Let it overflow. All these things that we've spoke about this morning as signs of a life immersed in you. I pray that they will just overflow in our lives as we stay in relationship and connection with you. We thank you for the unlimited refills of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's worship him as we conclude this morning.